You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. We cover news and events from the week that was, talking Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Speaker, and more, as well as our partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, and let's bring in my co-partner, which is pretty redundant because a partner implies a (laughs) co-partner. Uh, this week is who? It is the one and only Brendan Barr. Hey, and no, no fans. We are not in, in super speed. Just Miranda's really excited this week. Those of you listening uh, on fast forward, uh, I really want to hear your results on that. That's uh Miranda. You were uh, very, very fast today. Yes. Which is. <laughs> It could have been some of the sugar that I had uh, earlier, or it could be um, all the things now that I'm thinking about running in my head that I have to, to get done. Uh, as, as we talked about, we are squeezing in one last episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast before we all head out to Expo Lucha in Philadelphia, and it's just a, a very busy time. So uh, on the heels of our 100th episode from last week, again, a big thank you to Ruben Zamora, who stopped by. Um, you know, there's, there is so much that we are all doing to get uh, ready for Expo Lucha, but of course we had to record a new episode of the podcast in the meantime. And so, uh, it is myself and Brendan this week, no Dusty, um, as well. So I think that too, usually Dusty is my buffer. Dusty kind of helps me break up that intro. I gotcha. <laughs> Uh, went from zero to a hundred. I think it's because there was no Dusty. I'd like I, I just, to, I'd I like to blame it. it on Dusty. I just, you sounded like a cartoon character for a second there. It was great. I was enjoying. You know, it. I have heard that my my middle school. Long story short, my 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 middle school um, language arts English teacher used to say I sound like a cartoon character. And it, that never quite got out of my head because I don't know. I don't think he knew as well if he was if that was a compliment or not. Um, I think he thought I was pretty annoying as well. So I think that was his way of saying I was annoying without being annoying. But, no, I, I meant this in a good way, although yeah. <laughs> although uh, generally the advice I get from from people uh, is to slow down. 
because I also get excited on the show. And oh, talk. yeah. I, that That's just my telltale issue in general. Uh, as when I'm talking, especially when I'm announcing, I go too fast. And so it's, <laughs> it's just a daily struggle that I have. Um, in, in general, that I just okay. speak too fast all the time. If, if this is the fact that we've been doing this now for almost three years, and now that you're noticing. Oh, no, it was, it was, it was a special one tonight. You, yeah. If you listen back when later, you'll, you'll maybe hear what I'm talking about, but. Yeah. I think, I think you, as you mentioned, it's just, we're in a hurry. We're all on caffeine and sugar because none of us are, are gonna sleep until we get on the plane. Uh, that's not completely true, but it's also not totally a lie. Yeah, exactly. Not a lie, <laughs> not the truth either. It's going to be a long, it's going to be a long day, uh, for me in particular because I, I have a full day's worth of work and travel. Um, you are actually going an overnight. You're flying out mm-hmm. tomorrow night. I'm flying out Friday night. Um, and, and a pretty just long week ahead. So very excited. Don't get us wrong. Very, very excited. Uh, but I believe I will be the only one of our trio at the Lucha Bowl, but none of you will have heard this by the time the Lucha Bowl happens, so you, you'll have to figure that out. I just processed that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're recording this. It should be going up while Expo Lucha is going on, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it should be going up. Uh, maybe a little early, depending, uh, because we are recording this a day early. Uh, so it may get up maybe Friday, but for sure Saturday. Yeah. All right. So uh, if you hear this uh, before, before the Lucha Bowl, you are welcome to find me, but, uh, we'll, we'll get into the, to more of that, of the Expo Lucha stuff later, I'm sure. Yes. Yes, we will. So with that, you know, let's let's go get and get started. We've kind of simmered down. We've calmed down. Uh, not to put you on the spot again, Brendan, but ah. it's just the two of us this week. So we got this. We got this. <laughs> uh, so uh, with that, I'm going to have you start us off with news of the week. Excellent. So uh, you already mentioned that we talked to Ruben last week, and one of the things that Mass Republic was doing was getting visas for luchadors. And uh, on on social media the last few weeks, people have been announcing uh, that they've gotten approved visas. Uh, so Cubs fan says this is a batch of like 40 visas that are associated with a promotion. Uh, he didn't say which promotion. So I'm sort of reading into it that that's probably going to be uh, Mass Republic. But uh, – uh, as as it stands, we now know for sure. Uh, Esfinge and Toxin have both said that they're they've got ones. I, I was trying to comb social media real quick to to get more because I I remembered seeing more, but it wasn't until some uh, Cubs fan pointed out that the reason for that is because of the mass approvals. Uh, it, so as they trickle in, we might get more of an idea who we'll see here in the United States. Uh, we have, I have on the Indie Roundup talked extensively about both Esfinge and Toxin. I'm actually really excited to see Toxin in the United States because, uh, you know, as much as, uh, Gringo Loco calls himself the base god, 
Toxin is a big old boy who seems to just hold the high flyers in in the perfect place every time I'm watching him. So uh, you can really do some next level lucha stuff with him involved in a match, and uh, I'm I'm excited for American fans to be able to see that. Uh, but yeah, good news. It sounds like, uh, some progress has been made on the, uh, on the, the work visa. So we, uh, we might be seeing a lot more lucha talent coming into the States in the very near future. Exciting. Right? Uh, and other exciting news, uh, fan favorite miniature wrestler Microman said, uh, that he wants a piece of Masquerita Dorada, the, uh, uh, the, the, the other very, uh, popular in the United States mini wrestler. Uh, he doesn't care what side of the ring it's on. It sounds like he says he'll do a tag team or he'll do a versus match. He just wants to work with the guy. Uh, I, I think, I think that would be amazing. And, uh, uh, honestly, I think there's a number of promotions in the States that would jump for the opportunity to, to do that. Um, so, you know, Microman has wished it into the universe. Fans, tell your promoters you want to see it happen because mm-hmm. I want to see it happen. Um, I know I'll be talking to Ruben over the weekend saying, uh, Microman and Masquerita Dorada make it happen. Can you imagine calling that, Miranda? Can you? Uh... <laughs> That would be something else, to say the least. That would be fascinating to uh, to call. And then, and and slightly fun news, even more fun than that, I should say, uh, is is uh, they released a. So for those of you who who are completely living under the lucha umbrella and you don't go outside for your entertainment, there's this little TV show or this little internet show called stranger things that released a season this week yes um and uh in mexico they released a promo for it wherein santo wrestles demo gorgon so it's, and it's up hit on, the it's hit the internet like <laughs> yeah, crazy yeah it's up on i was gonna say it's up on youtube and it's it's trending pretty hard so uh you guys should, should totally see it it's really cool if you have not seen that promo, by the time my voice hits you, all you need to do is put Santo versus Demogorgon into the YouTube search engine, and it will get you there. Uh, it, you, will, you will not regret it, especially if you're a fan of old uh, Luchim, Luchador movies, because it hits hits that energy Yes, perfectly. it does. Um, and, and then uh, it, it gives just the right hints of, of uh, Stranger Things, too, so... If you're a fan of that show, like like I am, you, it just pushes many of the the, the good feel buttons. That's that's my news of the week. Um, I'm gonna transition real fast over to the indie roundup. We had uh, a couple of things go on. Uh, uh, we had Progress Pro Wrestling had super strong style. I'm gonna come back to that because uh, I think there's more to talk about on that one. Uh, as always, IWRG did a million and one shows, but I did want to cover their Sunday show a little bit here. So I'm going to start partway through the night here. They had a trios match, uh, Luca, Sean Moore, and Yorvac versus Big Boy, Big Chicoche, and X-Fly. Uh, Luca, Sean Moore, and Yorvac won that one. Those are all kind of guys that you will only see 
in the in the Indies and in Mexico. It's a good middle of the card match. Uh, it does, this is all streaming. I don't have a lot of uh, commentary on there. It's just kind of there were six matches and I I took the top half of the card. Uh, Grand Pandemonium, Hijo de Pandemonium, and Pandemonium Junior uh, were in a match against Fly Warrior, Fulgore, and Mr. Mike, and the Pandemoniums won that one. Uh, although, uh, afterwards, as, as IWRG is wont to do, there was, uh, an angle at the end, Black Generation showed up. And then, old school, another, group came out and fought them so it was a giant scrum and this was the only the semi-main event <laughs> and then in the main event uh you had uh, dr wagner jr and one of his boys galeno del mall against cybernetico and hijo del pireta morgan uh the way this one ended though was cybernetico fouled his own partner pireta morgan or hijo de pireta morgan uh, and then, and then he challenged him after the pinfall happened for a, uh, for a match for the title. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's the way that, that I would go about getting a title shot, but everybody's got to do what they got to do. So take the L to maybe get a shot at the title might work. But yeah. Uh, so that was IWRG on Sunday. Could be interesting. It's always funny to me to see Dr. Wagner Jr. getting wins where he's not really the focus of the aftermatch. Cause I know that's probably something he, uh, he, he's not a big fan of. Um, but, but to get around, Progress had super strong style. We did announce that there were a couple of Lucha talents involved, including Eremis and Johnny Mundo, Johnny, Johnny, uh, Johnny Progress? He, well, I was getting to that one. Yes. I was getting, but yeah, this is where we needed Johnny Mundo, Morrison, Elite. (laughs) Johnny, yeah, Elite is the other one that's been used recently. Uh, yeah, and then he was Johnny Progress this time. (laughs) And the, and Jack Evans. Uh, and as, as, uh, many promotions are wont to do, they created Luchador and Luchador Violence, where they had Johnny Progress against Jack Evans in the first round. You could have had all the Luchadors advance into the second round, but no. Um, and you, uh, but, uh, Aramis also advanced into the second round, uh, with a win over Robbie X. And, uh, Johnny, it loses in the next round to eventual winner. Uh, I, why didn't I? I swear to God, I put his name on my notes, and then here they are, not in the right place. Uh, Chris Ridgeway. So yes, Johnny did eventually lose to Johnny did lose to eventual winner Chris Ridgeway. But on that second night, we did still have Lucha talent represented because. Aramis and Jack Evans teamed up to uh, uh to face the Lycos Gym, Kid Lycos and Kid Lycos 2. And they did win that one. So, uh, you know, that sounds like it's a fairly lucha fairly good for lucha content tournament especially for all the way over in the UK. Yeah. Uh so 
There you go. There's your your lucha centric results for super strong style. I didn't. I mean, just to show you how much we care on the show, I I didn't even have Chris Ridgeway's name in the right place on this because I was so disappointed it wasn't Johnny Progress. Uh, sorry, Chris Ridgeway. <laughs> Uh, but that's my indie roundup. So I think uh, I think we're going to do that thing, right? Uh, yes. And now <laughs> we are going to kick it off to Denise Salcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live is WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central weekly podcast. One in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite Luchador. Get yours now at Lucha-Masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. All right, and we are back with the second half of the show. A big thank you, as always, to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. 
Up next, we are going to do our best to do justice to the segment, uh, because Lord knows this is where Dusty excels. Uh, we are going to kick it off with AEW, and there's actually a lot of news just that's happening just within really the, the past few hours tonight on Dynamite. Yeah, well, they did have a, a little uh, premium live event, as another, the other company would call it, over the weekend. But the news out of that was pretty, pretty slim for Lucha yeah. fans. So we'll start there. Andrade was the the Joker. Uh, I mean, so I did I did say off air, and I will go over this. I think that's that's a good sign for Andrade's future because the Joker. As far as their promotion materials and the way the match builds is always a big deal. So even your casual fan will know this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So even though Andrade didn't win the event, um, Kyle O'Reilly did win the event. I, it, it still feels like they're trying to make a bigger deal out of Andrade. So good, good. Like do it because you need to make him a bigger deal. He's, yeah. He's bringing the, uh, that Ingo Bernable swag now, now that the, that Roosh guy is hanging out with him. Who's ever heard of that guy? Um, uh, right. we did also have some speculation about, uh, and it stems out of AEW, um, but it's also about AAA. Uh, Jeff Hardy, I don't have an update on this from this week's episode, but the rumor was that Jeff Hardy was hurt. Mm-hmm. Which may would may put their appearance at uh, Triple Mania Tijuana in jeopardy as well, uh, which is where they're challenging for the tag team championships. So, or no, no, they're doing they're going against Las Hermanos Lee. Yeah, still a very big match and and a That's lot a- at stake. Yeah, if uh, if Jeff is injured, um, is that match completely out? Um, that that's what we're waiting to see. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and then, uh, as Miranda mentioned, we have details that are just so – we're fil- recording this – filming. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday while Dynamite is still on the air. So Yes, yes. If- so granted, <laughs> we are also on West Coast time, so there are some things that have already been shared online, but we have not yet phys- seen some of these clips yet. So we are reporting as we find literally any information. Right. Uh, but the big news, right, that uh, on social media is about the new singles championship, the Atlantic Championship. And Miranda, you had found some details on this for for us. Yes, AEW has announced a new championship, the All Atlantic Championship. Um, it will. They are going to uh, crown the inaugural champion uh, at Forbidden Door on June 26th. And of course, just like any good old uh, event that AEW puts together, uh, the match itself to determine the new champion will be uh, determined by a tournament, which began tonight on Dynamite. Um, we had the very first qualifier of that uh, with Pac versus Buddy Matthews. And a note that this tournament is set up uh and if you see the visual out there on social media of competitors from different countries um so buddy matthews representing australia pac representing uh the united kingdom uh and then uh as far as other competitors announced uh we do have miro versus ethan page 
uh, lined up, uh, Miro representing Bulgaria, Ethan Page representing Canada, uh, Malachi Black versus Penta Oscuro, of course, uh, Penta representing Mexico and Malachi Black representing the Netherlands. And then something you noted as, as probably a level of favoritism. <laughs> probably. Um, is that New Japan has their own bracket, uh, in this. And so they will have two unnamed, right now so far, unnamed competitors from New Japan in their own bracket. The winners from each of these matches will compete in a four way for the All Atlantic Championship, um, on June 26th at Forbidden Door. So, uh, that too is probably why they have New Japan has its own bracket. They want to really have have that representative uh in the match um but then why don't you know just have someone from japan be from someone from another country i'm not sure uh but this title <laughs> is being really touted as a international title um the the way that it's been presented by AEW is that it's uh, meant to represent the 100 plus countries that AEW appears in and commentary put over that, uh, you know, the presence that AEW has internationally, that it's the number one promotion in the United Kingdom. Um, and so as you know, my suspicion to this is that this could be a title that could be defended internationally. It could be a way to, um, you know, not only have it be uh, fought after internationally, but to bring in international competitors in matches that would add a little bit more um to it. Um, and and I, now it also makes sense that it's being presented at the forbidden door. If it's really meant to be uh, the crux of it is that it's an international title. I know you have your own thoughts on it, Brendan, as you kind of shared <laughs> online. I don't disagree with you on those. Um, I'm trying to find the silver lining of it, but I, I know you have some thoughts about um, AEW's approach to this. this well, first off, as much as I love tournaments, and I really do love tournaments, my first comment that uh, I made was this is different from the interim tournament we've got going on. And the, right? Like, and, and, cause there was some conflation that was happening. Somebody I was talking to about the interim tournament with, uh, I realized now in looking at this was confused by having heard rumors of this tournament because he said, didn't New Japan get two slots in, in this tournament? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. And here it is. I see why they got that, got those conflated. Having overlapping tournaments, while exciting to hardcore fans, is not necessarily the best way to keep casual fans engaged. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, to, to the point of about it being international, uh, I, I was, I had made the comment, does that mean that you can have different number one contenders based on the country? Are other only people from other countries allowed to to win it? If if Penta wins, is no other Mexican allowed to challenge for it? Like, I mean, you know, what are the rules? Yeah, we don't know if this is, you know, really uh, as to to say in, in loose terms, very gimmicked, where you know it is. Uh, there's some kind of international stipulation to it or is it just targeting a different audience? You know, who knows? It would sound like it, you know, based off of AEW being AEW, that there would be somewhat of a, a gimmick to it. Um, how this will impact the overall rankings as well, because as we've also noted that uh, over the past few weeks with the rankings, um, it gets to be very confusing when you have rankings for the world championship versus the TNT championship. 
same thing even in the women's division. And so how would, you know, rankings for the All-Atlantic title uh, go into play? I feel like it's just going to be targeting a different, uh, you know, a different set of wrestlers. Um, it's, it's I think, going to just be more targeting international wrestlers more than the base wrestlers. And that means you have maybe more, uh, you know, guest stars or or those that are truly going through the quote-unquote forbidden door um competing for this championship more than others you know we see right now uh scorpio sky and and now apparently wardlow uh is going to be you know the next in line for the tnt championship uh the interim world championship is in flux but you know allows for people from new japan possibly from triple a um, you know, possibly from other companies to come in and compete for this title, to have something to shoot for um, while, you know, keeping those other title scenes separate. Hypothetically yeah. in my head. Uh, hypo- this, but the, 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 the flip side, again, if you look at the, the casual viewers, they're going to start tuning some of these out. Like belts, just yeah. for the sake of belts, is going to be too many belts. Uh, Very like true. This, if they introduce the trios championship, which they've been alluding that they are going to do for a long time, you're going to have that as well. But you'll you'll now have what uh, one, two, three major singles championship for the men. Yeah, and and yeah. I I'm surprised they introduced this All Atlantic before they introduced the trios. Uh, the rumor is that something is holding that back, like mm. uh, like somebody being injured or discred or discrepancies with uh, potential ways to introduce it, that sort of thing. So who knows? But uh, the, you're gonna start. So you like I say, you'll start having people kind of just tuning it out. Like it will, it will once again. Like people will probably start calling this Atlantic Championship the Dark Championship because mm-hmm. based on what you're suggesting, where we're gonna see people that aren't necessarily contracted to AEW, which means that uh, they may not have have as much. Uh, uh, TNT may not have as big of an interest in having them on unless they're gonna be a proven ratings draw. We might see, you know, we might see more of that on Dark or Dark Elevation, more specifically, um, and and on a, hopefully on other people's programming. However, the Forbidden Door seems to mostly swing one direction, so I don't I don't know that 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 will be the case. But I did think of that, like it'd be nice to see. Uh, I'm gonna we're, we're on this show. We're, it's pretty obvious who we're gonna be rooting for, so. It would be nice to see Penta go over to New Japan and defend it at um, one of their pay-per-views, right? Like, that would be pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, At the same time, it would be equally cool to to just have have some awareness of these other international pro. Like, if AAA has their own – has, like, a mini tournament for who to send up here Mm -hmm. in the weird circumstance that Penta doesn't win – uh, <laughs> right, and and then then they can maybe then maybe AEW can run a little package of of some AAA programming so people could become more aware of what they did to send that wrestler up here. I mean, we all know it'll be Vikingo or or uh, Laredo Kid, but come on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, there's a lot of potential. There's also a lot of potential for things to go completely pear shaped. So. Uh, AEW yeah. don't screw this up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we just did this whole thing, a whole tournament for the Owen Hart 
you know, cup, uh, yep. both men's and women's, and that I feel like was a mixed bag of, yeah. you know, re- reception. So I think the fact that we are now going into another tournament right away for something brand new. Two. Uh, two tournaments. Yeah. The interim tournament is still happening. That, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just a, a <laughs> lot to process in a short amount of time. And the interim tournament, they I, – I, I, the argument could be said that they didn't have a lot of choice on that, but they kind of did. They could have just appointed uh, two people and said, you guys are wrestling to be the interim champion instead of having a whole tournament. Uh, but I, I agree with the unspoken thought here that it is more AEW's kind of consistent policy to have a tournament to appoint a, a new champion. So they they probably just felt backed into a wall to have two tournaments at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's what we've got. I'm gonna double check to make sure Dusty hasn't fed us any more information while we were uh, we were chatting. That's how we're getting our AEW updates. Is yes, Dusty's on social media telling us things. Um, oh, we I did forget one more. We had uh, Thunder Rosa did an open challenge, and anybody who's watched wrestling for more than five minutes knows that if you do an open challenge, you should expect the, the worst possible result when you call out to the locker room. It's in my lifetime, it dates all the way back to, um, ECW would, you would know that it would be somebody either making a big return or, or making a big step up. And, uh, like, it's been true no matter what. I just I saw it all the way in Don Owens promotions up here in the Pacific Northwest. If you call out to the locker room, somebody's music's gonna play and the fans are gonna go bananas. Yeah. Uh this time it was Marina Shafir answered the call. Uh who's I mean, and on the the scale of things it may not have been as big, but I'm I still think this is a going to be a fun battle and uh take my money, please. <laughs> and we know it's not open, over. Uh, so Thunder Rosa did win the match, but, uh, she did not win this round of the war, let's call it, because after the match, she did get beat down, according to Dusty. I don't know how that played out yet. I don't know if there was a cheap shot involved. Uh, I mean, but yeah, Thunder Rosa got the, the after match beat down. That is traditional for starting a feud. So, uh, here you go. It's the Thunder Rosa and Marina Shafir. Strap yourselves in. This is probably going to be like a three month build to a, a, like, an exploding cage match or something just crazy. Well, sorry. They're not going to do exploding well, both, yeah, matches both, ever both, again. Yeah, both <laughs> women are fighters. So I think they're definitely going to leverage the fact that they both yeah. have that, you know, mixed martial that strong arts. Strong MMA. Background. Yeah. 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 But that's why I'm excited for it because – and both of them have uh, hybrid styles outside of that. Thunder Rosa has a little bit of Lucha Libre and Marina Shafir has a little bit of the Japanese strong style. So yeah. we're going to – you know, you're going to see – you're going to see similarities as well as clashing of styles. And you're going to see two women that uh, really just – their whole brand is they don't back down from a challenge. So you're, they're going to keep going. And I mean, that's why I was, I was trying to escalate it in a silly way, but I kept, I, and I mentioned in the exploding ring and realized that AEW's already done that, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> they, they, uh, 
yeah, it's gonna there. It's gonna keep going like that. We're gonna. It's gonna get tougher and tougher. It's gonna be, you know, you know, the dog collars and and maybe barbed wire or ropes. I mean, they're just they're gonna. Somebody's gonna introduce an idea and the other one won't back down from it. And mm-hmm. it's just gonna build like that. And yeah, I'm literally here for this. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's. I, this is gonna be. Uh, this has potential to be feud of the year, really. Yeah. It does. I, I mean, so I, I kept cutting you off, Miranda. So, do you have? I know you have strong opinions on both of these women, and uh, you know, tell us uh, a little bit about your thoughts. No, I think it's just just to echo uh, what we were just saying. They both have strong MMA background, and uh, I think it's going to be a, a different angle. I think we're also going to see a different side of Marina Shafir um, in now this uh, competitor challenger role that uh, I think it will be interesting to see if uh, AEW can do something that WWE may have not done. Um I also still think we're still coming up against, you know, some of the issue of, you know, TV time for your woman champion. Um, and is she really going to get more airtime and uh, more of that card placement that you would think that your longest, you know, r- women's title would have? Um, there, There's a lot to it, but I feel pretty optimistic, too. This will be something different for Thunder Rosa. Uh, her feud with Britt Baker was one very driven by, you know, lots of uh, of heat, uh, of anger. Um, this one, I think, will be driven a, a lot through a level of competition. Uh, you know, uh, Thunder Rosa had an outstanding match with Serena Deeb um at double or nothing and so i think they're really leveraging her with mm-hmm. people that uh have this sense of athleticism a sense of of wrestling that works very well in the ring a sense of aggressiveness so mm-hmm. i think that now riding on that will uh, continue to work in her favor at least wrestling wise tv time wise story wise i can't say yet but so- at least wrestling quality wise so I do have something to say on that. Uh, the the semi-official excuse for for the the way the women have been handled at various times has been ratings. They've mm-hmm. said that the the consistent the women's spots have been consistently the lowest rated spots, which is why they've been you know they're still committed to doing it. I believe was their official stance, but they're also giving them like the worst fifteen minutes of the show and. Yeah. and the, cramming all all the women's angles into that 15 minutes but here's the deal for this uh thunder rosa has been proven ratings which she's been in some of the highest rated spots on the show marina shafir is a crossover superstar so she will be bringing unique eyes that aren't necessarily wrestling fans if they make this a high profile match they want to invest in making women's wrestling a draw for aew uh, this is one of the best feuds they could do, and uh, I think uh, I think if they like send Marina Shafir over to talk to ESPN and they promote it that way and promote it to sports fans, and then they don't get too ridiculous with the gimmick matches, this could be a big crossover feud that not only pulls good ratings but pulls ratings pulls unique viewers. So they yeah. they it has a lot of potential to to be really good depending on how it's handled. Agreed. I think that does it for this week in AEW. That's all I've got. No yeah. Score. 
thank you, Dusty, for providing us notes from the future out there in your from uh, the future. From the future. Great. Uh, I think that now leads us, because uh, we did already talk a little bit about the uh, AAA news with Jeff Hardy uh, being uh, possibly being out. We still don't have an update on his uh, status. Um, and until we do right now, I guess that leaves his, his match uh, with uh, Matt at Triple Mania, I guess, very much up in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we will continue to keep posted on that. We're going to jump into some major league wrestling. And this week is really just uh, talking about some match announcements that have been made for Battle Riot uh, that is scheduled for June 23rd, I believe, uh, in New York. Uh, this is a, a staple event uh, for major league wrestling. Uh, and the Battle Riot, if you don't know, uh, is a 40 man uh uh, rumble style uh match um and so that uh it is um a mashup of a battle royal royal rumble and anything goes street fight um where you're gonna have 40 wrestlers with a new participant entering every 60 seconds uh and eliminations occur by pinfall submission or throwing an individual over the top rope uh, some new additions that, uh, people may want to keep their eye out on, uh, for the, the, uh, Rumble or for the Battle Riot is Mini Abismo Negro, uh, mm-hmm. has been announced for it as well as Casey Navarro. Um, I believe we've already talked about Matt Cross, um, and many more have, have been announced, also previously announced, uh, Killer Cross, Lince Dorado, uh, and of course others, uh, within the MLW roster like Devon Eriks, Alex Kane, Richard Holiday, uh, Jacob Fatu, and, and much, much more. However, very recently we've gotten a few, uh, specific match announcements for Battle Riot. Uh, first off, Taya Valkyrie has been announced uh, to make a return to MLW uh, once again, and she'll be facing Brittany Blake. Yeah. Uh, as well as Scarlett Bordeaux will be making her featherweight division debut. And this is a fairly big deal because this is, uh, she has wrestled on the independent scene since leaving the WWE. Um, but this will be one of those bigger televised matches for her. Uh, so really be able to see her work back in the ring and Um, a lot of a lot of casual fans may not have actually been able to see her work from before the wwe either because she was in mexico or she was in progress or like you know just like i'm not proud she was in the uk uh like then a lot of places where tv was harder to get Mm -hmm. so yeah so the big news, though, coming out this week is that it was announced that How- Alex Hammerstone will be defending the MLW World Heavyweight Championship against Bandito. Uh, the graphic also specified that Bandito is being accompanied, associated with Caesar Duran. Uh, there has been quite a feud brewing between Hammerstone and Caesar Duran for you know, months now. And so I think this is another ploy by Cesar Duran uh, to try and get that championship off of him. And why not use one of the most talented luchadors in the world to try and accomplish this? Well, Cesar Duran loves to say lucha and violence and Bandito is good at both. 
So. Yes. Uh, so that is going to be something to keep an eye out for at Battle Riot Saturday, June 23rd. It is going to be scheduled uh, in New York. So uh, those New York fans out there are going to get a treat with MLW being live there. Uh, we haven't been able to cover MLW over the past few weeks, but this is just an FYI on some matches that you can check out from previous episodes of Fusion. Last week, uh, there was a plethora of Lucha matches to watch out for. Oh, such a good episode for Lucha fans. Sorry, yes. keep going. Yes, no. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Bandito, we had Bandito versus Flamita. Um, even though we, you know, we've seen this match before, specifically in Ring of Honor, uh, this too was one where it was a great balance of entertainment, uh, but also quality. Um, so a little bit shorter than some of the matches they've had in Ring of Honor, but still uh, uh, something that it doesn't matter if you've seen it before. You should watch it again because it's definitely different than what you see or they've done in Ring of Honor. As well as Los Parks faced Gangrel and Pagano in a very violent match. Uh, that, There's uh, no way that kid couldn't be violent. So. Yeah, very violent match. <laughs> Uh, so I, I would recommend it, but also caution you that if you're not into violence and spikes being driven into someone's head, you may want to skip over this. But oh. if you love it, you should go check out Major League Wrestling uh, YouTube page and, and watch last week's episode of Fusion because there you go. Uh, the week before that, another great week for Lucha Libre. The show started off with Davey Richards versus Danny Limelight Rivera. Uh, in trios action, the team of Microman, Aerostar, and El Dragon versus Aris, TJP, and Mini Abismo Negro. The stipulation for that match was that if the team of Microman, Aerostar, and El Dragon lost, Microman would have had to leave MLW. Spoiler alert, no he's still there. Happening. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, interesting Apuestas added to that match. And then speaking of the feud uh, between Hammerstone and Cesar Duran, we did get somewhat of a confrontation. Technically, it was, it was supposed to be a official match between Hammerstone and Cesar Duran. This was from the week before that where Hammerstone accidentally punched Cesar Duran in the face. And then Cesar decided to challenge him to a fight. Um, and we saw what that looked like on the week's episode before. So lots of, again, Lucha Libre matches galore that we haven't talked about recently. But you can just go to Major League Wrestling's YouTube page and find all of the previous episodes of Fusion. Again, Fusion is only one hour long. So usually about three matches. Very digestible, very easy to watch, very entertaining. Um, and if you are a fan of Lucha Libre, you should be watching Major League Wrestling. Period. Yeah, it's still one of the best shows for Lucha content on a on a weekly and monthly basis. Yes. Especially and since the, the bigger companies are kind of dropping the ball on that. Yes. So absolutely. I mean, again, we just talked about Flamito, ben, uh, Flamita, Bandito, Mini Abismo Negro, uh, Microman, Aris. Uh, you know, and that's just Aramis, Aramis, um, Danny, Limelight, you know, there's, that's just within the past few weeks. And the parks. Uh Uh-huh. Those parks, Pagano. (laughs) uh, Still going. (laughs) uh, Bestia, Seis Seis Seis, uh, Mil Muertes. 
Uh, I mean, they, they have a, a though probably the most stacked lucha roster in the United States. I I would say so. Other yes. than any, other than maybe like you know, a company like Gali that stacks luchadors <laughs> because that's what they do. That, that I'd say it's the most stacked card, yeah. stacked roster. Yes. So uh, we will continue to give you the heads up on what to know uh, about Major League Wrestling. Also, a quick note about a tweet uh, that was uh, put out by Court Bauer earlier this week. And this was something <laughs> that Brendan had found out because I'm not on Twitter. Uh, but Court Bauer was asked about uh, MLW popping up in California, specifically uh, you know, in San Diego or somewhere in, in California. And Court Bauer said, uh, saying it without saying it, that they are looking at places in California. Uh, San Diego was mentioned, but he also mentioned other cities as well could be in the hunt um, as far as doing a major league wrestling show out on the West Coast. So that would be very welcomed for us West Coast fans if Major League Wrestling headed out west. It would also bring a pretty big plethora, possibly, of luchadors that would be coming through on the Tijuana side. Um, oh, yeah. So that that just kind of creates a, a lot of opportunities and options, especially for Azteca Underground uh, to to be able to possibly do something. Who knows if that means that maybe they go back to Mexico um, to do something and then maybe come back up or, you know, San Diego or somewhere in California is mm-hmm. the next place that they do more Azteca Underground tapings. Uh, but. Uh, a very interesting news on that front about Major League Wrestling possibly coming out west. I actually uh, have put the pieces together, having heard you say that the work releases started coming through, and MLW could very well be putting putting those to work for two. So we could mm-hmm. see some some um, big names in Mexico that haven't been big yet. We could be seeing the next Penta or Bandito pop up on an MLW show. Uh, you know, and I say that as those are like two of the biggest breakout from Mexico stars. Uh, if you put me on the spot right now and ask me who that person is, that would be Vikingo. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we we have the AEW has to to actually let him wrestle for the title on yeah. in the the big event before that'll happen. But probably gonna happen. Anyway, yeah, just just kind of interesting idea. We could be really seeing a big wave of of next generation stars coming through MLW if they if things go that way, where they go to the West Coast and pull some of those uh, uh, Norte wrestlers. You know, lots of lots of great talent there. Commander, love to see him come up uh, again. Toxin and, uh, and oh, yeah. anyway, anyway, I'm gonna. <laughs> Talk to me uh, offline, uh, or talk to me in my in my inbox, or grab me at Expo Lucha, and we can talk about indie stars that that could be the next big deal. Yeah. It'd be fun. Well, that does it for this week in Major League Wrestling. Uh, this is typically where we transition to this week in Lucha Libre history. However, without our resident historian Dusty, we decided <laughs> to kind of skip over that. Uh, we will be getting back to that in the future, so don't you worry. Uh, but of course, you can check out, uh, this day in Lucha Libre on luchacentral.com, but it's just not that. There's so much more that's available on luchacentral.com. Oh, Brendan, yeah. can you let our listeners know what else they can find there? 
Well, first off, I have to stand up for myself here. I, too, am a, am a historian. That is also true. And I said, as I was saying that, I knew, I was like, shit, this is, this is what happens. This is how I mess up tonight. Uh, because both of you are very much the, the resident historians of the show. But I agree. It, it's a dusty spot. Dusty usually puts a lot of yes. the energy into it. So, like, yeah, we're it, it's better to to do something completely different or just not do it. And as you gathered from our intro, we're kind of we're kind of racing to get a lot of things done. So I'm going to switch the over to this right now. Uh, if you're listening to this and if you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's really time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish, find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else, find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area, find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world, and a, a place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And we get to my favorite part. Uh, it's free. It's so 100% free coverage, 100% free access. Just go there. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Thank you, Brandon. Up next, we're going to be NXT. It feels like it's been forever. Uh, we talked about NXT, uh, but here we are. Very interesting developments over the past week, uh, very similar to AEW, I'd like to say, where we had a big event happen this past weekend uh, for WWE in general, a very big weekend. Uh, but NXT had In Your House, and we had this pretty big moment between our two feuding families, Tony D'Angelo, the Don of NXT, teamed up with his two boys, Stax and Two Dimes, versus Legado de Fantasma. And what this match came down to was who outsmarted who. Um, this was the opener for the match, and I think the overall consensus is that it was a great opener and overall great match with story behind it. Uh, but the match ended up taking a turn towards the end where... Uh, Electra Lopez handed Santos some brass knuckles, which, of course, is a trademark of, of Legato. Uh, and two dimes at the same time handed Tony D'Angelo another lead pipe. And by what I mean by another is that Tony D'Angelo previously had a lead pipe that the ref found, discarded it. Two dimes had his back out another lead pipe around uh, Joaquin Wilde ended up taking that second pipe and ended up using it on stacks. Um, however, that created enough of a distraction for Tony to steal Santos's brass knuckles and use it on Joaquin, Joaquin Wilde um, to knock him out. And then two dimes ends up pinning him for the win. And with that, though, this match was just not just a family versus family match. This was technically an Apuestas match. Because the winning team or the losing team, per se, would actually have to now work for the winning team. So now Legado de Fantasma now works, is now under Tony D'Angelo and his boys. So 
that is very interesting developments for Legato, as again, as we talked about, one of the longest, now the longest faction in NXT. Uh, they were pre the 2.0 era. They've had a very interesting story, very, uh, very different dynamics of, of let, let's face it, you know, uh, Italian mafia versus um, the, the cartel range of, of, of Mexico. Let's, let's just call a spade a spade here. Uh, but it actually has, you know, people interested in the story. Now this week on NXT, uh, Tony D'Angelo was using Legato de Fantasma as their personal assistants, you know, having them chauffeur around, uh, getting their gear. And Tony D'Angelo arranged for Santos Escobar to have a match. Uh, on NXT this week and Santos faced Nathan Frazier and you would think that this would be an easy win for Santos however the story behind this match was that there was a lot of tension between Santos and Tony with Tony pretty much bossing Santos around telling him what to do and that created a distraction for Nathan Frazier uh, to uh, I believe it was a springboard net breaker um, and eventually um, I think uh, there was a, the use of a crowbar again that was, you know, luckily not, I don't believe it was used, but uh, caused a distraction for Nathan Frazier to land the Phoenix Splash for the win. And so uh, a, a big loss for Santos, uh, lots of tension within the families. I don't know what this means next. You know, where do you go from here where now you have Legato absorbed? Are they going to have to fight for their freedom? Um, or eventually we're going to see Tony and Santos team up. Um, are we going to see, you know, Legato maybe turn uh, on Santos in particular and truly align with Tony? Well, you know, who knows? There's there's so many stories, so many possibilities around this. But between the apuestas for this match and even the storyline, it's a very Lucha-esque storyline with competing mm-hmm. and fighting families um, and kind of chaos with rules and, and absorption of people into factions. Yeah, uh, forceful absorption. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a, it's very much uh, like a AAA story. So uh, you could see some AAA development, style developments come out of it, too. It would be very interesting to see if they kind of lean into the lucha history because uh you know uh santos escobar there has has seen it all in mexico because he grew up watching his dad do doing that who then turned into a, a, a major authority figure so yeah i mean he's he's seen it he's i won't yeah. say he's seen it all because nobody's seen it all but if there's somebody that you would think of that might have seen it all it's santos escobar yes Agreed. Agreed. Also this week on NXT, a very big win. We had the finals of the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. Tiffany Stratton versus Roxanne Perez. Uh, Roxanne 
coming out as your winner of this match and the tournament. Uh, and with that, she now earns a contract for a title shot of her choosing. Um, she could possibly choose for the women's championship, but it also could mean that she decides to uh, maybe team up with someone and compete for the NXT tag titles as well. Who knows? Um, but a very big win for Roxanne, who's only been with the company uh, for a few short months. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, we saw what winning the men's breakout tournament for Carmelo Hayes did. Um, I mean, it could be very similar for Roxanne where she's really catapulted to that title scene uh, literally within the next, what, few weeks. Uh, yeah, no, we can, I mean, this is somebody I've believed in for a while. Let's, uh, remind the listeners who she is as well, because it's still kind of a new name change, and they may not be remembering, because we've talked about Roxanne, or Roxy, Mm -hmm. as she used to be known a lot on this show. Uh, she's, she is, uh, I mean, we're relying on NXT seeing the same things we've been seeing out of her, but she's a prodigy. She's, Mm -hmm. she's been... She's been doing wrestling dedicatedly since at least 16. Like, nobody will admit that they did it before that, but I'm willing to bet she did it before. Yes. Uh, <laughs> just like Nick Wayne totally didn't wrestle until he was 16. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, so we could see so much out of her, and it, her. this is a kind of a, a sign of faith that the WWE wants to, uh, wants to do big things with her. Mm. And I, I, feel like she's so adaptable and so knowledgeable on how to to do things in the world of wrestling that it would be a mistake to not put her in that that kind of a position cuz she'd be she will be great for what WWE's vision of the future is which is bringing in entertainers and athletes from outside yeah. of the world of wrestling because yeah. she will be somebody who can guide those those kind of athletes through a match really well yeah, and I think, again, she's so young. I mean, she just, she'll be 21 later this year. So she has plenty of time, um, you know, to develop, to grow. Yep. Uh, and also, I think the ability to modify, you know, her character, modify, um, you know, she, she's just going to have to grow and evolve. Uh, but the wrestling skill is there. So one thing that I do think that is going to be a challenge for her, and it still is, is that she's just been Roxy, you know, mm-hmm. the, the go-getter, happy-go-lucky person. But what she really will have to develop is a personality. Um, and not to say, you know, in a, you know, why don't you just grow a personality? You know, just more like a wrestling personality. Because that's one thing that with, (laughs) uh, in contrast with Tiffany Stratton, you know, Tiffany may not have the wrestling ability, but she has a very defined character. Mm -hmm. And that is what's something that, especially now in NXT 2.0, is pretty important, is who is your character? Who is your persona? And that I think is something that Roxy still, and I see Roxy, Roxanne is still working <laughs> on. I was talking with Greg DeMarco about this yesterday, actually, and she's pretty lucky that, uh, especially with, um, you know, being from the independent scene, her NXT name is very similar to her independent name. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many people are going to have that, that stroke of luck. Not many. Well, you're going to get a whole bunch of really generic names for people like Scott Scotterson and, you know, stuff like that. 
And to think, I was this flashed in my head the other day, to think people were disappointed with Curtis Axel way back in the day. Look at the names now, guys. At least Curtis Axel, he told us, uh, he looked straight into the camera and told us why he chose those two names. And they had meaning and significance, as horrible as, as everybody teased that name, versus the names we're getting today. And I'm not even counting Braun Breaker in that because uh, he chose that himself. And I don't I, that that name's been growing on me. I'm not gonna lie, it's been growing on me. Uh, but actually, that that brings up uh, a question that's been circling around, and I'll we'll use the NXT spotlight to do this. Um, next generation wrestlers like Braun Breaker, uh, and and uh, uh, the Rock's daughter are. Is, yeah, she she yeah. now has a new name. I forget the full name, but it's Ava Rain, I believe. Yeah. And the conversation is whether you use that legacy name or not. And and I'm uh, I like to point out that in Mexico, you don't get the name just because you you Dominic was born to Rey Mysterio. He does not get automatically get to be the next Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Um, he has to both Rey Mysterio Senior and Rey Mysterio Junior have to approve if he becomes a Rey yeah. Mysterio, uh, and and that's I think that's a, a better way of handling it. You you spend your time, you you do a stupid like Ninja Turtle gimmick. Legit, there are people that do Ninja Turtle gimmicks. It's actually hilarious. Uh, and but most of those, if, if you prove your ability to get over with these these silly kids gimmicks. And then, then, then they tend to let you live into the legacy. And, uh, it was, yeah, the conversation was centered around a non-luchador, but at the same point, I really was thinking about the lucha tradition and how and why it makes sense to me that these wrestlers aren't taking their name. Like a Braun Breaker, Mm -hmm. he could have had a Steiner name, he'd be over. But, uh, you know, as it is, he's still over because he's that damn good. So. Yeah, and, and I think <laughs> and it, WWE in particular now is working on trying to build the name of the the individual, you know, something yeah. that, one, they have more ownership over. And, two, you know, if it happens more organically where later on, I mean, I've been watching a lot of Young Rock, um, which is a pretty hilarious show, and – uh, it kind of highlights comedically, you know, th- how he ended up with Lex Cabana before he ended up go, you know, being Rocky Maivia, <laughs> which he didn't even like Rocky Maivia to begin no. with, you know, <laughs> and eventually that evolved into The Rock, and and um, you know, that's that's one of the the more positive stories that of how that turned out, but it also is, you know, that too where. Sometimes you have to try and do other names and it eventually happens. Sometimes you could do, you know, even when Charlotte Flair, when she first started in NXT, she was Charlotte, but there was no Flair behind it. The Flair was added on after. So after she uh, earned it. Uh, yeah. So or, and, and after it made more sense, after the alignment yeah. with her dad became a lot more of a storyline. So, well, that was is, part of earning it for sure. Yeah. But I mean, She'd also been through some battles at that point, and it, this wasn't going to be a short-term thing. Was kind of yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, just is interesting ways uh, around it, uh, but um, you know, uh, it, it still is uh, back to to Roxanne. Um, very fortunate <laughs> yeah. that she's able to to yeah. do it for those that know her. 
yeah, that makes it easier for for fans to to be aware of her and and uh, and follow her career, even if it's casually. If you're just like me and only listening to the results, I can I can tune in when I hear anything kind of Roxy or Roxanne because uh, I know that's probably her. <laughs> and then yeah, oh. interesting stuff. Well, that does it for NXT. We're going to jump over to Raw very quickly. Again, this is usually a dusty segment. Um, and I, and it's weird to me because I know Raquel Gonzalez has had matches over the past few weeks. We haven't really talked about it. Um, you know, she, she got a good rub from Ronda Rousey. She's becoming a, a pretty, you know, good staple on SmackDown. Uh, but that's, yeah, and she's she's not mine anymore. She's moved on, and oh. and that's what covers it. Gonna uh, have to bug that boy to talk yes, about her more. Yes. But <laughs> I do want to mention uh, that there was some uh, an interesting you know tidbit uh, from the Mysterios uh, on this past Monday Night Raw. Uh, Veer Mahan, who is a beast right now, going through everyone, uh, defeated Dominic Mysterio in a match via disqualification. This happened after Ray got involved. Uh, Mahan was just, you know, just ruling over Dominic in the match and, you know, Ray being the dad that he was and is had enough and ended up interfering to save his son. So, um, this may be the next big feud for the Mysterios. Um, you know, I, it, it, it is what it is with that. <laughs> uh, they have to decide they want to do something with one of those two before yeah. we start. It's just, that's, that's the bottom line. They, they don't yeah. want to let them go cause they're big names. They're WWE through and through, but they it, we're not going to see anything big from them until WWE really decides to get behind them. Yeah. I agree. They they really do, but that's not that's not up to us. So uh, that the good, is The good go news ahead. is Raquel is on, is on that show and yes, they, uh, Raquel, have, they are behind her. Yeah, so. Raquel they they are right behind her. Um she was also I believe on out of character with Ryan with Ryan Satin this week mm-hmm. and some really great clips online. She specifically talks about, you know, her influence to uh you know, the Latin community um and how you know how important that influence is for her and and to mm-hmm. young kids. And so I do think that that's one thing WWE hasn't really had before is a very powerful, strong Latina um, no. influence. No, not really. You know? I, I won't even say it's for a lack of trying. I just don't think there was the the right person in the right place to, yeah. to, to make it happen. And it's one of the many reasons that I saw her as a potential superstar because that that is one of the things that makes her unique. Yeah. Um, and I and I really do hope it she broadens it, um, you know, the, the fan base. And I think as seeing people like and uh, in, in kind of this trinity of badass women from NXT, Bianca, <laughs> um, uh, Raquel and um, uh, and and the third one escapes me. Um, I, I, Rhea. I, Rhea. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Rhea. <laughs> but um yeah. You know, they, they are just very unique. 
but they're strong. They're badass. They're doing their own thing. And Mm -hmm. I love how each of them are just in their, their own element right now. And that's what I hope to see. You know, I think for maybe all the success that, uh, it's interesting how women I think are from NXT are, are set up to be more successful than men. And maybe just because statistically, of course, there's more men that come up from NXT than women. However, if you even look at, you know, if if we are looking at the percentage range, I do think that there's more women from NXT who end up just being more successful in the long run. Um, And I think it's just that, too, when you have kind of depleted your women's roster and you had to replenish it with women from NXT, it's just a, a new generation coming in. Um, but they are athletic. They're beautiful. They're talented. Um, they connect with fans. And I think they're really bringing in really the best of, of so many worlds. So, so yeah, I just, I, I, I want to, they, they got rid of a lot of talent in the, in the roster for sure. But these women that they're bringing up bring everything those women had and more to the table. Mm-hmm. They're they're just as beautiful. They're just as as charismatic. But they're more athletic. They're more wrestling inclined. They're more ring savvy. Like I, mean, yeah. I don't know who all is teaching the women down there. I know Sarah Del Rey was one of the big instructors for a long time, and I know. Uh, a couple of other big names in women's wrestling art were were talked about being down there, but whatever they've got in the water there is creating legitimately top notch talent uh, for regardless of gender. But it's mm-hmm. the, the <laughs> they're, it's it's the women that they're doing it with. So it's pretty yeah pretty amazing. Uh, like yeah. I'm well. That does it for us on this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your place for all things Lucha Libre, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Yes. (laughs) Uh, You can uh, find Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. You can also check out Lucha Central's YouTube page. If you haven't checked it out in a minute, uh, some pretty big news uh, coming out. Masks, Mats, and Mayhem making a return episode that you can find on the YouTube channel. Uh, they're, they're making a comeback. And uh, that episode just dropped, I believe, uh, just a day ago on the YouTube page. So you can see that happening uh, as well as all of our previous episodes from the Lucha Central Weekly podcast, both in English and in Espanol interviews, content that you're not going to find anywhere else. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Brendan, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers 321. T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. And uh, I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook. And I'm all over the Twitters. I believe Dusty, you can find at Dusty Murphy on the social medias as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big shout out to him, too. I, I don't mean to brag on his behalf, but I will, that he made his ring announcing debut this past weekend uh, at uh, the um, 
I believe Taco was, Libre. Yeah, Taco Libre <laughs> or Lucha Libre and Taco Festival out in Kansas. Um, and so I saw a few pics of that and super proud uh, of him going out there. Um, and even saw pictures of Ruben uh, doing refing some matches as well. So they. Oh, no, that was a. That's his brother, uh, Krubin. Oh, yes, yes. I'm sorry. His identical twin brother. Who's a zebra and totally not in charge of the show. Just shows up and gets a paycheck. Uh, But um, a big shout out to him. uh, And excited to be with all of you uh, this coming weekend in Philadelphia. You can find me, Miranda Morales, at the hashtag Miranda on social media, uh, on Instagram and Facebook, no Twitter. Don't forget, if you are listening to the show on your favorite podcast streaming platform, like uh, Spotify, Podbay, Google Play, uh, iTunes, any of that, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe and get notification every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. Leave a five-star rating and let us know your thoughts in a review. That can, I, go ahead. I do have a quick request that's unique for this week. Uh, we've mentioned several times we're going to be at Expo Lucha. Uh, if you hear this while we're at Expo Lucha, I'll put this up on socials too. And there's somebody at Expo Lucha you want us to talk to, get a picture of, whatever. Let us know because we'd, we'll be happy to do that. And we'll, Miranda and I will both be walking around with microphones so we could even potentially do interviews. Although a lot of the really cool luchadors don't speak a lot of English, so mm-hmm. just fair warning. Uh, anyway, uh, just throwing that out there. I'll put that up on social media as well. Uh, we already did the socials where you can grab us at, so, so keep going with your end of show, Miranda. Sorry. Yeah, no, that is a, a good thing. Uh, again, yeah, we were all going to be at Expo Lucha this weekend. Uh, we're going to be excited to see you all there, excited to come back and share uh, our experiences about it uh, in upcoming episodes. So make sure that you are, um, you know, keeping up. Uh, follow Expo Lucha uh, on social media, Expo Lucha Live. Mass Republic as well. And that's also a good point. So there's some also exclusive news that have just dropped uh, as of today that on uh, Saturday night, uh, there will be a, a Lucha Libre uh, show that will be made available on Fight TV. Mm. Oh, um, they, they, we can say that now. Yes, yes. It has, <laughs> it has been officially shared. Uh, it was something that Ruben had kind of shared with us last week. Uh, but now we have the official news that uh, under the influence of Lucha Libre card that's going to be on Saturday night, June 10th, will be available on Fight TV, uh, I believe, for $14.99. Uh, it will have live English commentary from AAA's own Larry Dallas and uh, Joe Dabrowski. So uh, the team yes. that gives – go ahead. I, I, I said you could run into them at Expo Lucha. I didn't know we'd be getting them on commentary. But. Yes, they're going to be <laughs> on commentary. Um, and matches that have been announced for that show, of course, your main event is going to be Dragon Lee versus Laredo Kid. Uh, we're going to have I, a uh, mixed tag match of uh, Lady Maravilla and Sam Adonis versus Kira and Mr. Iguana versus Reina Dorado and Papadon. Uh, that match is going to be so fire. Yes. 
Keep yeah. going. I'm sorry. I just uh no. Uh <laughs> Lindsay Dorado and Frightmare versus Black Taurus and Adis. Uh Psychosis and Axtrolux versus Damian six 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 and Demis. Uh and and much, much more. But uh there is a link you can check out Fight TV uh on social media right now on my story. I have a link to it, but also Expo Lucha has shared a link to it as well. Um so you can purchase it and watch it um with again live commentary uh in English. So I, I wanna stress this as an extra selling point since I know it's on fight now. This is Psychosis in the ECW arena where he became a superstar. So yeah. like you, it's fourteen ninety nine if you can't make it to the show. We already talked in the interview with Ruben about what a bargain the show is. So this is it's good. That's it's going to be historic, and now you have the ability to see it. So come on, <laughs> just yeah. just do it. Make it happen. It will. I promise you, it is a loaded card, and you're going to. There's a piece of wrestling history that's guaranteed to be there because psychosis in the that arena. So. Yeah. Sorry, Miranda, I keep jumping in. No, that's a, a great selling point to it. So uh, thank you again, everyone, for listening. We can't wait to see you at Expo Lucha. Go ahead and follow all the socials. Go ahead and order the show on Fight TV if you can't make it. Tickets still available. If you think you'll be near Philly in the next few days, go ahead. It's definitely worth the price of admission. And we will be back with you next week to talk all that was Expo Lucha and much, much more on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. For Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales, and we will catch you next week. Shut up.